You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. FM. Travis Ryer, your trusty, if not talented host from BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Great way to get your weekend going, man. Swing by Peter Brook Chocolatier, get that week set up. They've still got, hey, we're still counting on football season at Peter Brook Chocolatier. We've got those regulation-sized chocolate footballs ready for you. And they're filled. They're inflated with that signature milk chocolate-covered chocolate popcorn. How about that? Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by executive producer Joe Gaker, who together we combine to form the 60 minute Woo! Sorry. There it is. There you go. A sports talk radio. How about it, Joe? TGIF, my friend. Amen to that. Thank goodness it's Friday and no plans for the weekend. Even better. Nice and quiet. Nice and quiet weekend. And it's been, compared to last week, right, it's been a fairly news-free week. And I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining about the sort of calm, sedate nature of the sports world this week. Hadn't been a great week for uh, Daniel Snyder. Hadn't been a great month or so for Danny up in D.C., has it? Owner of the Washington football team in the NFL. No longer the R word up there in Washington. And yesterday we learned of a uh, Washington Post story uh, detailing allegations of sexual harassment and basically sexism uh, involving female employees across the board up there in Washington, and I don't think that comes, that story, sadly, you know, and I'm not trying to just breeze right past it, because I think it's obviously very important in our society uh, to deal with these issues uh, when they're right there in front of our faces, Um, but in talking with an industry colleague this morning, who you hear on this program quite regularly, we were both in agreement. This is, sadly most likely the the way it goes the way it goes around the national football league it is a football thing a lot of what was detailed in that washington post story yesterday it's sad and and again i don't mean to be so matter of fact but uh i can put it to you this way okay coming up this fall hopefully hopefully on saturdays we're going to see college football kickers miss a bushel of field goals between 30 and 40 yards. And invariably, inevitably, I will get the question, whether it's via text, whether it's DMs, man, or the statement, man, we could have used your daughter on that 36-yarder. And, you know, my stock answer at this point is football at the college and professional levels, they're not ready for that yet, okay? They're just not. And that's not trying to, you know, uh, too broad brush the thing. But it's the reality. It's football. It's the mindset. You know, it's why when we hear about 
the potential for females to ultimately ascend to the position of head coach in maybe the NBA or the NFL or the major league sports. The NBA, to me, makes the most sense, first and foremost, because I think players in the NBA would be more receptive and the environment in general on NBA teams, maybe not as uh, broed up. Bro behavior is what I call it, you know, is what you see in football. I, I'm an old football player. I, I'm not, you know, I, I have to admit, you know, I was around it. I was part of that environment for years, but that's football. You know, and we do see the NFL taking some strides that to this point I would consider to be more window dressing than anything else. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that the NFL is doing some things that are inclusive of gender, of other genders, females, seeing women in, in roles of interns as uh, assistants, maybe getting on the field some. But at this point, it's essentially kind of like the Rooney rule with minorities and head coaching spots in the national football league. I mean, until we see it really in the numbers, it's a, it's a window dressing. It's a, it's more of a PR move by the national football league. And and that's not to say people of color or or females won't take what they can get. They're, they're happy for whatever they can get right now. But uh, until there's more of it, you know, it's, it's kind of lip service at this point. So, that's kind of the position on that story yesterday from the Washington Post on Daniel Snyder and his football club up there in D.C. A lot to get to on the program today. We will have Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, with us coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk with Pops later in the program. I was able to screen Pops today, so that always works kind of to our benefit. He was taking a break from that uh, Bermuda grass that he battles each and every Friday morning. And he reported that he's having to take, you know, a break or two now when he when he cuts that grass. We'll ask him about those lime trees in the backyard. He's proud of those lime trees. So we'll have Pops coming up later in the show as well. Topic we've got for you today with Major League Baseball less than a week away. Looking forward to that, aren't you? Huh? What did we talk about yesterday? One week from last night, one week from yesterday, you will watch Major League Baseball. I think it's the Yankees and the Nationals that we have kicking things off next Thursday. And then the Dodgers and the Giants, of course. I mean, there's going to be 60 games in this regular season for Major League Baseball. How many times are the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants going to play? Like 50? 50 of the 60, maybe? Yeah. But uh, it's interesting to consider because... We're going to be consuming this stuff intensely. You already know that I am very much plugged into the pro golf on the cable. So I'm all about the memorial right now. Second round action up there in Dublin, Ohio at Muirfield Village. But Cauley, by the way, with a one under 71 this morning, he's right on the cut line at two over for the tournament. Trying to hang on to a cut, Bud Cauley. Justin Thomas set to go off here in just a little bit for his second round after a two over 74. But as far as we said this yesterday with baseball, it's just going to be soothing, isn't it? When that first game comes on, you're going to want to turn up the volume and you're not going to have actual crowd noise because, well, it's hard to do when you don't have actual crowds. But there's expected to be piped in crowd noise, which, you know, I can go either way with that. As a real golf fan, I've been totally fine without the gallery noise. I don't like what no galleries due to local economies and to the charities that these tournaments are tied into that uh, pull from those ticket sales. But it's just a TV viewer. I like the pro golf the way it is right now. You know, I like it for the reasons why I've loved playing golf pretty much my entire life. The serenity. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like getting out to the first tee at like 5.30 in the summer, 6 o'clock, knowing you've got a good two hours and you're chasing daylight. You're trying to get in. And maybe you get nine holes in. You get nine holes in, you get to the 10th tee, and you go, you know, I think I can get nine more in in about 65 minutes. But as much as anything, it's the calmness, the peace. There's probably nobody else out there with you. You know, it's nature. 
It's the sound of the club on the ball. It's the sound of the ball going in the hole. Those things that I enjoy. So I enjoy being able to get all that from the, uh, from the pro golf on the cable. I think I'm going to be the same way with baseball. Now, where it'll get tricky is maybe more so with sports like basketball and, and football. I think football, and we ran this poll this morning on the personal Twitter account. TV radio sports broadcast impacted the most by fan attendance. 64% with nearly 200 votes in right now go with football at 64% most impacted. And I agree with that. Basketball next at 20.5%, baseball at 15%. I pretty much go in line with all that. Because it's just going to be weird, man, for so many reasons, especially probably more so at the college level, because yes, you're going to be able to pipe in on kickoffs, the roll tide on a kickoff, um, but you're not going to have the bands, I guess, at these games, potentially. Uh, you're going to lose a lot of the pageantry, man. A lot of the sounds of college football. Now, one of the things I haven't liked as much about college football in the last decade is that as it tends to do in many areas of the, the game, it, it's pulled the piped in noise, the, the produced music. Um, you know, and that's fine. I, I get some of that, but I'm, I'm good with the band. You know, just give me the band. Just give me the million dollar band. Give me the pride of the sunshine, you know, the marching chiefs. Give me, give me those folks. That's what I'm down with on a football Saturday. So college football, when we get specific with football, it's going to be impacted, in my opinion, more than the NFL. You know, the NFL, it's, it's largely produced for television. That's what the NFL really is. College football come more that way, but it's still very much tied into the fan interaction, the bands, the cheerleaders, all the stuff, all the great stuff that comes with college college football. Now, basketball, the NBA cranking up in uh, a couple weeks here, down there in that NBA bubble in Orlando. You know, you watch an NBA basketball game on television, and it almost feels like you're walking into the club. I mean, it is music. The PA is a DJ, really. You know, the, he, he's, he or she is, you know, basically DJing the game and it's fun. You know, and it, it, what it does is it hooks sort of the novice fan or the largely disinterested fan. It makes it more of a, an event than just a, a, a game. And so you get it from that perspective. And with, with the ticket prices being what they are in a lot of NBA towns, and you kind of owe it to the fan to give them that side of it as well. Baseball. You know, again, I guess you can have some minimal crowd noise. Baseball, I'd rather it just, I I hope they give us this option on the broadcast starting next week, Joe Gaither. Tell me what you think about this. I would like the option of I can mute uh, the fan noise. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if they're going to pipe in the fan noise and the organ and all that stuff's going to be produced, maybe not the, I, I like the ballpark organ. But just crowd noise. I would rather mute that and be able to hear the ball hit the glove, you know, the bat on the ball, those type of things. The foot hitting the bag. I like the mic bases. I think the mic bases are a really undervalued aspect of a lot of these baseball broadcasts. I like hearing the foot hit the bag, you know, on a bang-bang play. Ball hits glove, foot hits bag at first base. I like that. I like those nuances in, in the sport of baseball. Now football, you know, where you'll, where you'll benefit as a fan with football on these broadcasts without fans, unless the crowd noise just sort of takes it over. And, and that may be by design, by the way, because, you know, you think about football with the field mic and no crowd noise. Um, your seven second delay person is going to be the busiest individual on the broadcast with everything that gets said on a football field. Now, where you will benefit is is from an educational standpoint as a football fan. 
you will become very well versed in line checks, calls from the center position, audibling by quarterbacks, and not just on offense either. It's kind of like what we saw with the XFL there for, what was that, a month or two? Seems like 20 years ago now, doesn't it? The broadcasts on the XFL were fun. I don't know if the NFL is going to go to the extent of allowing sideline reporters to go right up to Ben Roethlisberger after he throws a pick six and go, you know, ask, all right, Ben, what happened there? I don't know if we're going to get that. I'm pretty sure we're not. But you will get, you will be a smarter football fan, I think, for how these broadcasts are likely to work during the upcoming months. You're going to become more understanding of, again, you know, what the play calls are, how they go, how that comes to be from the box to the sideline, to the quarterback, to the huddle, to the line of scrimmage, to the checks, to the defense making checks from the safety position, the Mike linebacker, sort of the old cat and mouse game of chess to sort of compile to, uh, tether some worn sports cliches there for you on a Friday morning. We're going to head to our first break. When we come back, we'll check in with Charlie Potter. Charlie's excited, I know, because his Atlanta Braves one week from today. Get it going. Freddie Freeman going to be good to go for that opener? Coming off the uh, COVID-19 illness, Nick Markakis, we know, not a part of this Braves team, having opted out. Uh, you are going to have Yaciel Puig. How about that pickup by the Braves? You like that? Ronald Acuna. And the boys back, Ozzy Albies. I'm excited. I'm excited for some Braves baseball. We'll talk with Charlie about that. And obviously, a lot of things involving the Alabama Crimson Tide. When Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier, returns right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Hi. A hot, humid summer afternoon. Partly sunny, a few spots could see a brief storm through the evening hours. Today's high 97, tonight's low 75. Similar weather tomorrow. Partly sunny, a chance of isolated afternoon storms. The high at 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! Alabama and a lot of places than I am, say, Tennessee here in the last 24 to 36 hours. Rough stretch for Jeremy Pruitt's Vols. Austin Pope projected as a starting tight end for Tennessee for the upcoming season. Undergoes back surgery for a herniated disc. And then later on Thursday, we learned that Emmett Gooden projected starting defensive tackle dismissed from the Tennessee program after being charged with felony domestic assault. Again, no news, good news right now if you're a college football program. And Tennessee, Tennessee has got some news on Thursday. It's Southern Fried Sports on a Friday. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM. I'm Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst. For BamaOnline.com, and it is a big day over at BamaOnline.com because coming up in about, oh, scheduled anyway, I think in 40 minutes or so, the Brockermeyer twins, Tommy and James from Fort Worth, Texas, couple of offensive linemen, James, a four-star center, Tommy, a five-star offensive tackle, Set to announce their commitments coming up at the top of the hour. We will certainly have full coverage for you there at BamaOnline.com. Both bros trending to the Crimson Tide. And with that, we bring on Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job covering Alabama athletics for us there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie, happy Brockemeyer Twins Day. How about that? Yeah, I think this is something that Alabama fans are waiting on. Um, you know, just keeping up with 
recruiting and, and seeing how things have been trending. I, I think they've been a, an Alabama lead for a while now. I know their uh, their dad played at Texas, so you know that's always one to, to keep an eye on. But it sounds like Alabama's going to get some good news here in just a little bit. And I know we'll have full coverage, like you said, over at BOL. And um, I guess you know it's it's really interesting to see uh, twins. Uh, commit on the same day at the same time and uh it's always cool to see those brothers and those families uh kind of stick together and go to the same school we've seen plenty of that at alabama so should be a pretty fun afternoon yeah that was pretty interesting yesterday uh even though they're twins uh they sort of released their info that they would be committing separately uh today so still probably some sibling rivalry in there although again the expectation that they go to the same school together, and you're right. The father, Blake Brockermeyer, an All-American offensive lineman at the University of Texas, and an older brother, I believe, Luke, who is actually a member of the Texas football team. So uh, this would be quite the pull for uh, Carl Scott and Kyle Flood and Nick Saban and the rest of that Alabama staff if it comes off as projected at the top of the hour you hit on this. I know you're going to drop something potentially here, depending on how this news goes. Uh, you're looking at, we talked about this earlier today, some brother combinations that have come through the program in the Nick Saban era. I was a little surprised to sort of see them listed out that there's been quite a few, Charlie. Yeah, they've reached double digits. And if the, the Brockermeyer twins follow through and, and ultimately sign with Alabama, they'll be uh, number 11. And, and you look at it, and there's some some really good uh, uh, duos and some of them trios. Um, you know, the the first one that comes to mind for me is is the Quanjos, just because both of those guys were starters and they started together, which is really cool to see them kind of uh, be on the same offensive line at the collegiate level, uh, coming from uh, Dematha up there in the DMV. And then, you know, it, it kind of starts with the Castiles. I know that that Tim wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, in school. Like, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the Nick Saban area here because if you do the list, I mean, I, this would take years. Uh, oh, gosh. Hannah's <laughs> Rutledge's. Yeah, yeah the, you, the the Goods. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. But just from the Saban era, I mean, you look at the Castillo. Simeon was there as a senior. Caleb came in as a walk-on. Of course, he's went on to an acting career. Uh, Barrett Jones and his brothers, A.J. McCarron and Corey McCarron, C.J. and Jamie Mosley. Um even you know the most recent have been two and Talia, and of course you know to have would have been two of your most successful quarterbacks in your program history to have their brothers on campus with them at the same time has been cool to witness. So yeah, I mean the brotherly love is, is has been something that's that's been a long tradition in Alabama, and it, it sounds like later today that they could get some even more brothers on on schedule. And you mentioned them kind of get, announcing their um, their commitments or their their commitment dates uh, yesterday and then Tommy coming in later than James. I don't think Tommy's very uh, social media savvy or at least just stays away from it. <laughs> Not saying that James is a, a Mac Wilson or anything like that, but when it comes to the two, you see a little bit more tweets and engagement from a guy like James, but you know, Tommy being a, a top five overall player, the number one offensive tackle in the country, it seems like he kind of shades away from the spotlight a little bit. You know, James is a center, so it makes sense, right? He's going to be the one that communicates. Yeah, the two. You know, he's going to make the calls and the checks there on social media when it comes to the Brockermeyer brothers. But that will be interesting coming up at the top of the hour. And then on Sunday, another four-star offensive lineman, Terrence Ferguson from Fort Valley, Georgia. He's on commitment watch coming up later in the weekend. It could be a big, big weekend of offensive linemen for the Alabama Crimson Tide where this 2021 cycle is concerned. Now, Charlie, as we've talked throughout this pandemic, you've been sort of adamant that you're going to speak this college football season into existence. I believe those are the exact words that we've heard from you on the program in the past. Are you still in that mode? You still in that mindset? You're still going to will this thing to happen, Charlie? How do you feel about that right now? I, I hope it does. Um, as the oh, days pass, it, it gets uh, it gets more pessimistic. Um, a lot of that has to do with just, I mean, it, we haven't taken this thing seriously. I mean, the, the curve hasn't flattened. And, it, you know, we've seen cases spike all across the country, especially down in the south. And so it, it's going to take almost a miracle, it feels like. Uh, you know, I think they're trying to do everything they can to, to make it happen with, you know, what looks like the leagues are, 
the Power Five leagues at least are moving to a conference-only slate. The SEC has said it's not going to make a decision until the end of the month and maybe early August. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's unfortunate. Um, you know, and I know college football is something a lot of people enjoy, and you know, we're seeing sports pop up and return to to play. Uh, all over the country, really, but you know, football is a little bit of a different beast just because of the contact and how many players and people are associated with it. Um, you know, I, I know they want to they want to see what happens with the NFL. Those guys haven't really come back together and reconvened yet, but I know all eyes will be on the MLB, which is set to start up at the end of the month, and they're already going through scrimmages and intra-squad games and things like that. The the NBA bubble, but you know, with college football. Um, you know, we've seen now that they've put out even more kind of campaigns for people to wear masks. Uh, I know Alabama has has moved to to having people wear masks out in public, and but it almost just seems too little, too late. Um, you know, back in March, you know, if we would have done some of these things, maybe it would have been more optimistic. But who knows? I mean, hopefully they can pull it off. Uh, I have remained optimistic, but like I said, as as, it, as time goes on, it seems more and more. Um, yeah, I, I get a little bit more negative. But, uh, no, I mean, when it comes to content, though, uh, I'm, I'm definitely still trying to speak it into existence with these series and, <laughs> and looks at different things and interviews with, you know, trainers and coaches and things like that. But that's how you got to be. I mean, otherwise, I mean, it, it just becomes no fun and completely negative. Yeah, the Where Are They Now series have been great. I know that you and Kirk McNair have contributed to that and really been a centerpiece of what we've been able to do during these times. Uh, of the pandemic there at BamaOnline.com. But, geez, Charlie, I guess it was appropriate we brought you on with the Jackson 5 because that was a Michael Jackson moonwalk from that previous stance of yours. I mean, but I get it in all seriousness. Um, I, I think that's sort of the overwhelming feeling right now. And, look, that's not to say that each and I think about it. You said it. Content. You said the word, Charlie. Content. And what we do absolutely we would love to see this thing get started we would love to see fall camp get underway on time on august the 7th it's what we do and that's kind of kind of a big part of our existence especially when you're talking about in the professional world but you'd also hit on pro sports and sort of the ramp up we're seeing there uh you're a braves fan you fired up about a week from today yeah, I mean, I've I've watched uh, bits and pieces of the, the intra squad games on TV and on YouTube. Just to, you know, I I don't watch every single you know pitch of every single Braves game. It's nice that they're on TV every night. That's um, you know, being a Braves fan of the South, that's one of the luxuries that we have. But it's really good background noise for me. Like I don't really watch just a ton of TV, but I like to have you know something on when I'm like riding or or just you know sitting around it. And that's usually what what's on at nighttime, you know, when the Braves come on. And it's been good to to have that. It's almost a little bit of a return to normalcy. And yeah, it, it's weird because you know there's there's no real sound there. They're pumping crowd noise into it, and it just kind of makes it a little awkward. But just actually seeing those guys back out on the field has has been good. Um, it's unfortunate that you know they they sign a guy like Yasiel Puig and he's such a personality to go along with those young guys like Acuna and, and Albies, and you're putting them into a, onto a roster and a team in a season where they can't really interact or be close to each other because there's a, those guys just kind of goof around, and that would have been really entertaining to watch. But, no, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm excited to really see anything uh, at this point. So you've seen Alabama get back to what they're calling mandatory workouts, even though you know, given the current climate they're not forcing anybody to do anything. It's been you – know, it's the summertime you expect them to be going through, you know, team workouts with the strength and conditioning coaches, and they're doing that. So that's that's one positive. But, you know, getting baseball and live sports back is, is fun, and, and I'll be too dead for sure. You know, we talked about this earlier in the program. The sports broadcast, TV or radio, most impacted by no crowd noise, no actual fan attendance. Uh, football, it seems like the overwhelming choice. I made the case that – that's especially true in college football because it seems like the NFL, it's made for TV. It's heavily produced. Um, in college football, you get the different cheers, you get the bands, you get some so many different aspects of, of fandom that are specific, right, to certain fan bases. It's not sort of just this across-the-board kind of feel to it like you get with the NFL. What, what do you think of that, Charlie? The, 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 the sports – 
like baseball, basketball, football, that, you know, it's going to be pretty noticeable maybe in your opinion that, that we don't have actual fan attendance there. No, I mean, college football, the, the fans and the tradition are, are what make it. Um, you know, you, the first time you go to a place like A&M and, and you hear the different chants that they do that they practice the night before a Saturday home game, it's, it's, uh, it's what sets it apart. And, uh, I think that if, if college football is played and they don't have, um, fans or many fans in the crowd, I think that will be missed. Uh, I mean, think about it. I mean, you have marching bands. I don't, I don't know what that, situation would be like if, if football's played and you know that taking that away cheerleaders you know mascots it's it's what makes the sport the sport um obviously you know everybody wants to see what happens uh, on the field but just the pageantry around it uh, separates it from others and i think another that'll be um kind of impacted would be basketball because it, it would be so weird watching the nba and watching say like the lakers and you know they have a fast break and lebron goes up for a dunk and that there's Absolutely no reaction whatsoever. Uh, that, that would just be really weird. I mean, baseball. I mean, it's one of the more boring sports because it's so long, and um, you know, you don't have just a ton of big plays. But with with basketball being so fast paced and the ability to have those um, just jaw dropping moments and to have no fan reaction, it'll be it'll be a weird adjustment. But I think a lot of people are excited to see that return. And I agree, though. I think college football tops the list for me. Yeah, and again, we're we're making some assumptions down the road where football is concerned because at this point, you're still hearing from athletic directors, you're hearing from NFL teams that at least in some form or fashion, the hope is that there will be, uh, you know, fans of some sort, might be thirty percent of capacity, things like that, even less, but uh, that continues to be the hope in football. We do know. With the NBA bubble, there will be no fans in Orlando. Same is true for MLB. So it's kind of the way we're looking at those three sports right now. We're talking with Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at BamaOnline.com. Somebody who did get a shout-out, did get a bit of applause, Twitter applause, I guess, this morning, Charlie. Javon Baker, the true freshman wide receiver at Alabama. Was that Dr. Matt Ray sending some love, I guess? Uh, in the Twitterverse to uh, to Baker this morning, first thing? It was, yeah. And, you know, Matt Ray has been a really entertaining follow on Twitter. Um, today's really been the first kind of player and team-specific thing he said, and, um, you know, not just kind of, kind of vague, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, you look at yesterday's workout, I know they started doing things on Tuesday, and, um, you know, he said that <laughs> uh, Javon was the, the fastest speed of the day and you know on a roster with guys like Jalen Waddle that that's impressive and I think one of the things that might have been one of the few knocks on a guy like Baker is his speed he's, he's a bigger receiver and um, I think he's a guy with a very high ceiling but I think there were maybe some question marks around that that's been a topic of, of constant discussion really over on uh, BOL's message board but to see that I think mixed with the positive reviews that have been around him uh, since he got on campus uh, makes them really believe that you know he's a potential guy that could make an impact as a true freshman. I know um, when the team kind of reconvened in, in early June and they were out there on Baker Field and, and the quarterbacks and receivers were working together, uh, I talked with um, Rose Simon Jr., who's the head coach of the Fast Houston 7-on-7 team, and uh, he was out there and watching them, and, and he said Baker really caught his attention, that um, as soon as he got in front of you, that he brought his best. And you know, he seems a little bit more advanced in terms of the true freshman and how far they go as, as a receiver, and that he's he's a guy that's going to fight for some early playing time. And with guys like Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs moving on to the draft, uh, and then you, you lose guys like Tyrell Shavers and Chadarius Townsend, there's going to be opportunities. And I think if he continues to you know move on this trajectory that he's on. Uh, Baker's a guy that I think people want to watch for if football's played this season because you know, he's a guy that there's been a lot of positive buzz around. And, and Dr. Ray's uh, tweet this morning based on yesterday's workout is just the latest of that. Yeah, you know, he's a guy, Baker. You watch him on his high school tape, and you think a little bit of Laquan Treadwell, the former Ole Miss wide receiver, you know, same type of size. And Baker's a pretty physical dude on his tape and Treadwell was that way king of the sort of back shoulder throw on those uh, sideline routes uh, that we saw from Chad Kelly more than a couple of times it seemed like 
Um, but, you know, Laquan ran a 4.65, so he wasn't exactly a blazer. So, as you said, maybe Baker's got a little more speed than first thought as he uh, makes his way into the Power 5 level. And, and that's big because, and talked about this yesterday, Charlie, you, you think about the opportunity you could miss with this team if you aren't able to play football this year. You know, with with it not only being very talented, but also being very experienced, which translates to thinking ahead to next year at even Baker's spot with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. Uh, and as you mentioned, Judy and Ruggs moving on to the draft in this last cycle. Uh, you need guys like this to start showing up now because of what you're going to be looking at in 2021 at a multitude of spots, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, that's the, one of the biggest question marks, really, and especially if they decide to move to the spring season, which just causes so many headaches. And, you know, with the draft, with, you know, the 2021 season, it just seems like um, the, the worst situation, the worst possibility, the worst alternative. So, uh, yeah, but when Alabama's roster, with it being concerned in that, uh, there's a number of players that could be impacted by this. And, you know, it's it's a situation where, um, you know, we were kind of having the same conversation uh, back in December and January when Alabama lost to Auburn and we're on the outside looking in in the college football playoff. And, um, you know, we were thinking a lot of these juniors weren't going to play in the game. It turns out only two players didn't play, and they were both seniors and um, guys that have had injury uh, history in the past. So, uh, maybe they would surprise us if, if it were to move to a spring season or if, you know, guys were granted an extra year of eligibility. But, you know, players like, you know, Najee Harris, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertan, uh, Dylan Moses. Uh, I know Alex Leatherwood will be in that discussion, but his dad recently told 24-7 Sports that if they were to play a spring season, he thinks the son would play. Uh, obviously, minds can change, and we've seen that uh, happen in the past. But there's just... A number of guys. That's not even the full list that that could be impacted. You know, should the season move back, and you know, you, you talk, start talking about the draft and guys leaving school. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just the situation where uh, you, you try to remain optimistic that the season will be played, just because of you know the, the myriad of, of hurdles and obstacles and challenges it can create. But uh, it's certainly one to to consider. That's for sure. Are we at the point shifting gears to basketball real quick before we let you out of here? Are we at the point, Charlie, where we'll be more surprised if John Petty doesn't come back for his final season at this point than if he leaves? Uh, I think maybe. Um, you know, I, the reason we're getting closer, that I aren't that, we? I mean, we're getting yeah, right there, aren't we? The, I mean, well, heck, I felt like there for a while they were pushing the draft back every other day. <laughs> but um, the fact that he hasn't said anything – you know, still leads me to be hesitant just because at this point you're not able to work out with teams, you know, what kind yeah. of what kind of more feedback do you need? I know one of the big drawbacks for the holdups at least is to find out the draft order. That's really big considering the teams that he's talked to because he's told NATO's and the staff that, you know, if he's not a, a top 40, top 45 pick, then he's going to probably come back. And uh, I think, you know, seeing the addition of Alex Chiku, which I don't really know how much that plays a part, in it because if you have a player as talented as Chiki, you take him regardless of the situation and just figure it out. I mean, he's a guy that reclassified late and he's a top 100 recruit, uh, higher than that. And, and it's just the, the typical body that you want in nowadays game. But the decision for JV and Davis to enter the portal, I think is one that leads me to believe that it's closer to him returning just because you have a full roster minus Petty uh, with the addition of Chiku. The decision for JV and Davis to enter the portal opens up a spot, but you know you haven't heard anything from Petty yet. So you know it's a it's a waiting game. I think everybody's still kind of in the dark with that, and uh, hopefully we'll find out soon. But I know he'd be a welcome addition back to this roster and make it one of the most talented in the SEC. Yeah, definitely an entertaining team to watch in year two under Nate Oates, no doubt about that. Well, Charlie, as always, great stuff there at BamaOnline.com. We appreciate you joining us on a weekly basis here, and we'll do it again soon. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter, beat reporter for BamaOnline.com, the veteran now. Been around a while now, Charlie Potter. If you haven't already, give Charlie a follow on the Twitter at 
Charlie underscore Potter, P-O-T-T-E-R. Going to head to a break. When we come back, it's time for Pops on a Friday. That's how we wrap up weeks around here on Southern Fried Sports. We'll do that with Pops when the show returns right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. A hot, humid summer afternoon. Partly sunny, a few spots could see a brief storm through the evening hours. Today's high 97, tonight's low 75. Similar weather tomorrow. Partly sunny, a chance of isolated afternoon storms. The high at 96. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her head I hear the sound of a gentle word On the wind that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up good vibrations Speaking of brother acts, as we await some potential news where Alabama football recruiting is concerned with the Brockermeyer brothers out in Texas, twins James and Tommy expected to announce their commitments here in the next oh, 10 or 15 minutes or so. How about the Beach Boys with Carl and Dennis Wilson? It's a couple of brothers that did all right, right? How about that, Pops? Little Beach they, Boys? They, you they like the Beach Boys? They sound great to me, just like today. I mean, they, they, uh-huh. they're terrific. I yeah. always like the Beach Boys. Now, you weren't much of a surfer type, though. I mean, you grew up no, right there on no. the East Coast, on the Atlantic Ocean. Did, you, did any of I your friends, you were more of a West Sider, though. But most, mostly for the scenery. I didn't do much surfing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you kind of a Charles Atlas guy at the beach, you know? <laughs> Where you kick sand in the faces of the nerds well, and stuff like that? At 120 pounds, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of hard to be a Charles Atlas guy. <laughs> you know, Pops, what I've been able to gather from you from your high school years is that you've made pretty sure to surround yourself with some big guys. Some I like had Shep the big Ellis boys. I Billy had Olive. the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were always covered, or I was always covered. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Chef Ellison, linebacker there. At oh, Berkeley yeah. High School. That, that's uh, my man right there. It, it seemed like you, you made sure to have him along as much as your driver's license a lot oh, of yeah. times. Oh, yeah. We, we, we <laughs> I could reach out and touch him any time I needed to. You also uh, matriculated there at Lee High School with a couple of brothers of note, the Van Zant spots. Yeah, you know. yeah. Ronnie, they, Donnie. They were, Shep, they were Shep's neighbors, actually. Yeah, the bottom neighborhood. That's they called the that bottom right? over there, yeah. Still there, isn't it? A couple of blocks right from there. right now. It's not, it's not uh, a half a mile from me right now. Uh, Pops, I think you could hit a driver and a stinger three iron to the bottom from where you sit right now. <laughs> we'll be right there at the Van Zant compound. <laughs> uh-huh. Have they have they done any more to that Van Zant compound over there? Have they? No, uh, no, they have. Actually, they they built quite a few houses in that area, trying uh-huh. to help it out. But uh, gentrification, pops. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I never I don't thought know gentrification would come area. to Pops' neighborhood, but here we are, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah. The West Side, mm-hmm. what can I tell you? Mm-hmm. Did you battle that Bermuda lawn this morning already? I got it whipped. I'm t- I feel so much better than earlier when I talked to you. I was about out of gas earlier, but but I'm, I've, I've recuperated. Pops used to be about a 21-point favorite against that Bermuda grass. Now he's down... Pops, you're maybe a three and a half point pick over the Bermuda these days. You know, Nana's scared to death. She's going to find me laid out out there one morning. Yeah, and that'd be fine though. That'd be fine with me. You know, I love the yard. That'd be the way to go for you. That's the way to go. Yeah, that'd be fine. There's stories of that front yard. You know, a lot of oh, stories yeah. involving that front yard of yours. <laughs> we over don't the years. Go there, you know. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Pops, you uh, you excited about the baseball season? You're gonna have baseball next week, Major League well, Baseball. Well, you, know, you know, Travis, I I I, I want to be excited, but it's hard to be excited because I'm sorry, I'm 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 one of these mask guys. And You're a mask guy, Pops. Yeah, I'm I thought sorry. you were a patriot. You know, but, but I thought I can't you were a real American, Pops. Say it ain't so, Pops. I know, I know, but I How just do you feel like we your got rights it. as an American like that, Pops. I, I, I hate, I, I hate when when we got to be healthy. You know, we got to take I'm care start of ourselves. Calling you Putin, Pops. Pops, Putin. You know, that's what I'm gonna start yeah. calling you. Giving into the giving into the communism like that, Pops. <laughs> Come on, Pops. <laughs> What if, what, if, what if Putin said he was a mask guy? I wonder what Trump would do then. <laughs> so you can't get excited because of that? For, see, I, I, I hear you on that, but I'm look, I'll take all the live sports I can get, Pops. Well, I understand. I understand that. And, yeah. and, and, and I cross my – I don't want to hear where somebody has been tested I know. or I know. come down with it and have to stop playing. I'm looking – uh, Travis, today at uh, 2.30, uh, we got golf on, live golf. Yeah, yeah. I've been and, watching and it every I've week. I've never been one that's just chomping at the bits to watch golf, but yeah. I am because it's, all, it's on yeah. <laughs> today, you know, uh-huh. and, and I cross my fingers for those guys. You know, you know where, can, where you live, though. You get the Marlins and the Devil Rays, so I guess I could see not being all that fired up about no, baseball on the cable when you get the Marlins and the D Rays, pops. I know, I know. and and uh, but it, it's just it's it's not that I'm not the, the jumbo shrimp fire me up, and, and, we're, yeah. and we're not even going to play this year. We know? should we should be getting a thirsty Thursday report from you today <laughs> from the That's baseball exactly grounds. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and you I miss feel, the scenery at those Thursday Thursdays more than the thirsty, though. <laughs> oh boy, mm-hmm. yeah, those are those are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, and Pops and the boys—they stay for all nine innings. Oh yeah, you know, at those for nine innings, Thursday it could be fifteen to nothing. It doesn't matter. We're staying for the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, hey, um, the night goes hey, on; pa- it just gets better and better. Right? Uh-huh. You, you know? gonna have the barbecue tonight? Yeah, we we probably will. We probably will. Bonos. Uh, I I hadn't talked to to, to Whitey, but uh, we probably will. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: one barbecue plate for the rest of your life. You can only have one specific plate with, you know, uh, chicken ribs. You can have a combo, uh, and you can pick two sides. And uh, what are you going to have to drink? What's the one barbecue plate you would pick if it was the only one you could have for the rest of your life? What would be on that, Pops? Dreamland with the Ooh. ribs, uh-huh. a, a loaf of bread. A loaf of white a, bread, yeah. A loaf of white bread with the mustard-based uh, uh, barbecue sauce. Uh-huh. And, and, and the, I, the coldest... Coors they had in the freezer. Silver Coors. bullet. Yeah. Coors. And, Coors uh, Light. Yeah. It don't get no better than that. Ice cold. Yeah, I'm talking about a slab of ribs, too. Your own slab. My own slab. Nobody else You know, we, we take pops. We take pops to, uh, to, to barbecue up here when he visits, and he makes sure those ribs socially distance from everybody else at the table, <laughs> you know, when they come out. Oh, he makes sure good. that they don't they don't get next to anybody else other than pops. I, Very I, selfish. I mean, I, I I don't ever I don't get Dreamland that much, but but I'm telling you, when I go to Tuscaloosa, I'm getting Dreamland. Uh huh. And uh, you've had Archibalds, I think. I think yes, maybe the I last have. time you were and up Archibalds here. is yeah. very good too. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you I'm just going, I I like going. Yeah. Uh, I like going in there and seeing all the pictures on the walls yeah. and all that stuff. We got to take you to Who's Barbecue up here too. I like Who's. Who's is uh, Who's is similar to Bono's, what you're used to down there. Okay, yeah. But you would just go with the ribs, the white bread, and the sauce, and that's That's all you need with the uh, silver bullet. That's it. A a loaf Mm -hmm. of that fresh white bread. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! And I could eat every piece of it, of the bread, and every every rib Mm -hmm. in a slab. 
Yeah. Man, I get got, upset with me because it takes a while, but I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. What are you having for lunch today? What, chicken salad, egg salad, what you got? Pineapple Tuna sandwich? Tuna fish, my man. Tuna fish. Tuna fish. That's a good one. Nana does yeah, that very real well. It's good. Yeah, it's real yeah, good. Yeah, she puts just enough boiled egg in there. Yeah. Oh, oh. As a matter of fact, you get that. You take that on toast or just regular bread, pops. Toast or regular bread. I use regular white bread. Yeah, I toast my bread with the tuna salad, well, not Nana, with the chicken Nana salad. Nana likes hers lightly toasted too. Yeah, but I I, I use uh, just white bread with with uh, mayonnaise on it and, mm-hmm. and still pickles and lettuce and uh, salt and pepper. Oh, Lord, yeah. There you go. Just right. Absolutely just right. Well, enjoy the barbecue tonight. And uh, stay safe, my man. Stay safe. Yeah, we will, buddy. And it was good talking to you. There he goes. The anti-patriotic Pops. Pops Putin, as we're going to call him now, because he wears a mask. I mean, I don't get it. He's only got a granddaughter and his oldest son who are sick with COVID-19 right now. I mean, why why would he feel that way? I mean, it's a hoax, right, Pops? We'll get out of here on that note. The Lunch Whistle today, presented by Southern Ale House at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Great, great stuff at Southern Ale House. Plate lunches, plate dinners. I'm telling you, that chopped wedge salad is outstanding as well. You can get the fried chicken on there. You can get the grilled chicken. Either way, you're not going to go wrong. At Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Thanks to Joe Gaither for producing the show. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.